today just happens to be the last episode of the year. I know, very sad, but honestly, we're all too busy to listen to this kind of stuff anyway. I mean, none of us have the time, so... listening to Psychic-ish. My name is Lydia and this is my podcast where I kind of air the psychic things that happened to me and I try my very best to see if I believe that they actually happened or if it all was just all in my head. So this is my last episode for the year but it might not necessarily be the last you hear of me or last you see of me. I'm tempted to try something new. Well, I'm not tempted. I'm going to try something new. And mostly it's just to keep me accountable over the holiday season to make sure that I still keep the little psychic wheels churning and see if this stuff can develop any further throughout that time. Because most of the time over the holidays, because there's not much distraction around like after Christmas and with the lead up into New Year, stuff does typically happen. And I wonder if it's just because like it's a big family time. So lots of family are together. And so messages come through to fa- messages come through to, f- oh, messages come through for family. I'm not too sure. But what I've decided to do is, there's no like weird way to say this without you thinking that I'm going to start an OnlyFans, but I'm so not. I am going to film myself, but not in that way. It is going to be so PG, not even PG, what's like nothing, G, (laughs) it's just, (laughs) oh this is a weird way to go about this, far out, oh well, I'm committed, I'm just going to keep going, I'm going to film myself channeling and automatic writing, because I know I'm curious about what it looks like when other people tune into spirits or whatever, so I imagine that you might be too, and this way, it helps me continue to try and talk to them and it might feed your curiosity, you know? And also it means you don't forget me. So hey, (laughs) win-win. Remember I like grew from 12 listeners to like 45. So I just want to make sure that those numbers don't dip during the holiday season. (laughs) This is all just a super selfish way of doing that. But what I've done is I've chosen to upload it onto YouTube instead of Patreon. I do have a Patreon. And if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like a crowdfunding source for creators and artists and podcasters have kind of jumped on the bandwagon too. What it is, is kind of like OnlyFans, you pay a monthly subscription and that is set by the creator. And Typically, like with podcasts, people put up bonus content. So like, I don't know, maybe photos, articles that they write or bonus episodes or videos or whatever. So like, I've got one of those. It's just been sitting there for a while. I never wanted to ask people to donate or sign up just because that honestly makes me want to crawl out of my own skin and die. Like I I, I, did. Like, I'm such a perfectionist that asking for that kind of thing or asking for 
financial help makes me feel like I'm not independent, that I have faults and that I don't want to accept that for this podcast to actually grow, I kind of do need to depend on people to help me out, especially if I don't want to do ads and stuff, which has never resonated with me. So I don't know. I I think, I I don't really know how I'm going to go about that. Maybe in future I'll figure out a way, but yeah, you can see how uncomfortable I am talking about this right now. So anyway, I am not going to upload my videos up to Patreon because I want whatever I put out there, whether it's the podcast, whether it's these videos, I want it to be accessible to everyone. It doesn't make sense to me to try and normalize what being psychic is like and then chuck a paywall in front of it to be like, oh no, you can only see if it's normal if you pay me. Like that doesn't sit well with me. It makes me feel sick. So that's not going to happen. So yeah, any new content that I come up with will always be told to you first. And then for people that are just feeling generous, if you've grown fond of what I'm doing, sure, you're welcome to go on Patreon or PayPal or, or whatever. And I have like membership numbers set. I don't know what to put there. So I just put angel numbers because I thought it would help. You know how like there's those memes where it's like, I'm single and I'm alone and I'm just going to wait for someone to come into my house and hit on me and they're going to be the love of my life or whatever like that and then I'm going to live happily ever after. I think that's kind of what I thought was going to happen with this. It's like, don't talk about your Patreon, ignore it and people are just going to come in and secretly start donating and you're never going to have to talk about it. But that hasn't happened. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think you can change the amount that you actually subscribe for. Or you might be able to just do one-offs. Or, you know, like if you don't like a monthly thing, you can just do a one-off payment and then cancel your subscription. Like I won't hold it against you. I'm one of those people. So (laughs) anyway, I just want to let you know that like no matter if you choose to just tune in and listen every two weeks or to the odd bonus episode or if you do want to come in and like help this podcast grow and help it get little legs and either way I'm just so grateful you're here like you have no idea I had in my mind before starting this podcast that I'd just give it a go and I had the number of 10 episodes in mind because apparently if you start a podcast and you have more than 10 episodes you're doing better than like 70% of podcasts out there because people just get bored and stop doing it or something like that so I wanted to make at least 10 episodes and I was going to do that as long as I had one listener who this stuff that I was talking about was helping and I don't know I guess I'm just really lucky like I seem to kind of get one person a week kind of message and tell me that they're experiencing the same stuff or I don't know they just find this stuff really interesting and It's just made this all worth it. And it's made me not want to stop. It's like, yeah, like hearing how it resonates with you guys makes me feel like I'm not just talking to myself, which it does feel like most of the time. (laughs) But yeah, just thank you. Anyway, I will put a link to my YouTube channel. Oh, I hate that. I hate saying that. 
I'll put a link in the show notes. There won't be anything up there yet. And please don't expect anything fancy because like, I'm not trying to be a YouTube star. I'm literally just trying to keep myself accountable and I don't want you guys to forget me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, that yeah sounded like that should have belonged on OnlyFans. <sighs> anyway, what are we here for? I'm here today to follow on from last episode where I talked about Melchizedek and how he sort of introduced himself to me as someone to call upon if I were to do color healing. And that made me want to talk about the first kind of healing, I guess, experience I had, and then one that stuck in mind. So I'm going to talk about that right now. Okay, so this all starts on the 12th of June in 2020. Ugh, the year of COVID. Ugh. I had this dream and I wanted to remember it. <laughs> so I kept a little note in my phone, like you do. And it said, I dreamed last night that I healed someone. It was my colleague, someone who's the same age as me, got married in January and put an offer on a house today. I went to bed thinking, how is this person so put together and I'm so far away from everything she's achieved? Now, just as a little tidbit from me, this person, like, I knew, I was very aware, I was very jealous of her. I was jealous of her because I don't know, maybe she reminded me of who, like, I really am on the inside before trying to appease other people and trying to be liked. She reminds me a lot of what I was like throughout primary school and intermediate, and there is a big part of me that wishes I continued on that way and didn't get caught up in social circles and boys and all that frivolous kind of unnecessary but completely necessary um, stuff um she reminded me a lot of my granddad she's very quiet she'd think about everything before she said it and she was incredibly articulate like it was like there was no word that came out of her mouth that was unnecessary every word was needed and it's not like she embellished the things she was saying. It was completely clear. It was completely concise. She'd never raise her voice. She was always very calm and very measured. And yeah, I just looked at her and I was like, that's how I wish I'd come across to people as opposed to how I know I come across to people now, especially in that office as well, as the person that's always laughing, who says a few silly things, who's a little bit ditzy, like, because when I apply myself to work, I really, really do apply myself to it. But I've, I just have this shame that I come across as a bit of a ditz. And yeah, and like, it seemed like, except this time I was 24, it seemed like she was, oh no, I must have been 23. I must have been 26. Um, it just seemed like, she ticked off all those 
things that society kind of expects you to do by a certain age. Like she'd gotten married, she'd gotten her house, you know, she was my age, she was so smart, she just had everything that I wish I could have and felt so far away from materially and intellectually and yeah anyway I feel like this jealousy as well it wasn't like I'd go out to get her or anything it was more like it was mixed with admiration in a way like her presence in the office kind of made me have a figurehead there that I kind of wanted to work towards but I think I felt embarrassed that I was admiring someone that was so close to me in age that I should be you know but if I hadn't failed in other things throughout my life like I should be where she is so yeah I think it wasn't like a resentful jealousy it was like a wishful jealousy like I wish I could be her I wish I could be as smart as her, produce work like her. You get the gist. <laughs> anyway, I had this dream and I dreamed that she was lying kind of like on this table, similar to the table that I had traditional Chinese acupuncture on, the one that I go to when I went down to Taranaki um, for raking kinesiology like just one of those run-of-the-mill massage tables <laughs> without the head in the middle I think I don't think it had a head in the middle um but I dreamed that she was lying down and I was standing behind where her head was and I cradled her head in my left hand and I was talking to her as if I was talking to her inner child the inner child of her, the infant. And I can't really remember what I was saying, but I was reassuring her, reassuring her that she's incredibly intelligent. And then I went to tell her that she sees a baby in the room, that it's her, and that she must go and pick up that baby, cradle it, and tell it that she's loved and that she's safe. And all I felt within that dream was that I could see something changing within her and it just felt like it helped. And at the time, what I had written there was, I don't know if this was just a dream or if I actually found some way to help her. So the next day, I can remember it bright as day, I was walking to work down Featherston Street in Wellington probably a bit chilly, probably a bit windy. And I got my phone out and sent a WhatsApp voice memo to my sister Soph because this was before any of my psychic stuff kind of really took a run for the hills and started developing. Like this was just at a time where I'd get the odd weird dream and I'd maybe just see a spirit, but I wouldn't really talk to it or didn't know that if I asked it to leave that it would. It was just at a very early time for all of this. And yeah, I sent so for this voice memo and I was like, I felt like that healer from Taranaki. Like it felt like I was doing what she was doing. And two weeks later, 
we had a networking event at my work and I um I sort of stuck in a corner with the two others in my office that just seemed to be as uncomfortable as me with networking events so standing in this little corner avoiding social interaction was me this girl that I had the dream about and another woman we worked with who was a bit older like it's probably a good time to mention that this girl from the dream and I we were the youngest in the office by at least 15 years we worked with a lot of older people and (laughs) this lady that we're talking with she I'd say was the most intelligent person in the office and she was very quietly spoken like when we'd do a daily stand up to say what we're doing throughout the day she was always very quiet and you could tell she really didn't like public speaking but she is the kind of person that when it came to be your turn to speak she'd look at you maintain eye contact smile and nod to like keep you going it's like she knew you didn't like to talk either and would kind of help you through it like it was a really nice energy that she gave off oh I'm really starting to miss my colleagues um and I don't know if we planned to all be standing together by the fridge but we definitely just maybe gravitated towards each other maybe we all knew on a cellular level that neither of us wanted to talk to other people or make small talk or whatever but we're standing there and we did well. Um, we had our own. I don't think we drew too much attention to ourselves. I don't think it was obvious that we were trying to avoid interaction. And at some point, the girl from my dream said that she was going to duck out and go home. And I was just like, well, okay, if like the star of the office can duck out, I'll go with her. And so I did. And Usually we don't, or like we didn't have that much to say to each other. If I went into the kitchen and she was eating her lunch or something, like I'd just kind of take it as a time to like just focus on making my lunch, you know, like I wouldn't go out of my way and like she wouldn't go out of her way either. I think we'd just had enough small talk to realize that we both don't like small talk and that it was just too difficult to kind of push past you know like I think if we were with other people in the room it was better but when it was just us two it's like okay no it's like now there's some people where you know there's just like an unwritten acceptance that you don't have to do that with the other person like it's really nice that's what it was and I don't know I think I also used to just get really nervous talking to her because I got the feeling that she thought I was ditzy and we all know I was incredibly jealous of her intelligence so there was always this little part of me that like the tiniest bit that resented her upbringing um she reminded me so much of as I said earlier like what I could have been if I continued to be who I was throughout primary school and intermediate if I continued to push myself with school and stuff rather than just finding school easy not really caring to get like I didn't really try in projects and stuff because I'd get top marks and so I wouldn't try and extend myself I think that's the issue like I became a lazy smart person where you didn't really have to put in much work and you'd get top marks whereas there are the type of people who 
would do that, but then they'd also push themselves to go above and beyond. And I was jealous of that. And I wondered if my parents pushed me more if I'd be like her. Like, I think there was always growing up like, oh, we don't have to worry about Lydia because she's doing well. But I could have done so much better, if you know what I mean. And like, that's not on them. It's also on me. Like, I was probably just a lazy kid or, I don't know, got distracted really easily. I don't know. I also leave everything to the last minute and it's like procrastination fuels creativity and um, focus for me. So, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we were going home and we were standing in this elevator and I was trying to make conversation because this was a slow-moving elevator. And like I said, we're both the youngest in our office and earlier that morning she'd come into work with an injury and the story was that like she'd fainted and hurt herself. And a lot of the older colleagues at our workplace were maybe hinting that she was pregnant. And with that in mind, I found that as like an avenue to try and connect with her um like I just had that inherent wish for her to also think I was smart and I just wanted her to take me seriously so I did crave that connection and um maybe acceptance from her I don't know but I turned to her and I complained to her that ever since turning 24 at this place whenever I have a headache whenever I feel nauseous or feel faint Everyone always inappropriately asks me if there is any chance that I may be pregnant. And I get like really angry that people think that that's an okay thing to ask. You know, like it's a conversation for another time. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's an obsession with younger women that, turn into an age where it might be deemed acceptable for them to have a kid anyway as I said conversation for another time and she turned to me and she said well between you and me we've started trying for a baby and I gushed like as I would and like I have an affinity with babies like I can't wait to be a mom like I I was so excited for her and I said how exciting it was and she'd said that like they'd bought that house with the thought in mind that as soon as they'd done that they'd start trying for a baby and that the fainting over the weekend they thought she may have been pregnant but she wasn't and again like I I think I said how exciting it all was and she just turned to me and said I just wish I was more like you how why am I getting teary she said I wish I had that natural motherly quality but I don't that's more my husband I know he's going to be a good father but I don't know what to do with a baby and she said when they're older and we can do crosswords together, that's fine. But when they can't do that stuff, I don't know what I'll do. And I just stood there and I was shocked. Um, There was a lot going on in my mind, a lot to process. And 
I could not grasp that this person who I looked up to, who I was jealous of, who I was, who I admired so much, had anything to look at in me and wish she had. Or notice that she lacked anything by looking at me and how I was as a person. So there was a lot going on in my little mind. Um, but I said to her, I was like, you're, you're going to be a wonderful mother. And I told her that she reminds me a lot of my granddad, who I was closest to growing up. He, like her, was extremely intelligent, the quietest in the room, but everything he said was so intentional and so profound. And it was something I'd always admired about her. And I said he was the closest father figure I had, and I, I loved him to absolute bits. And I reassured her that she's going to be an incredible mother because she's going to be like him. And we ended up getting out of the lift and standing in the foyer of this building chatting for about like half an hour. Just about, I don't know, maybe I was just providing more connections between her and my granddad or I don't know what, but we chatted for a long time and like to think that we'd worked together for over a year never really being able to break surface level niceties or weekend or weather chat to saying how much we admired the other person like it was um it was incredible like that is a core memory for me and I doubt that's something that I'll ever really forget um but it was only when we walked away from each other, when I saw that her husband had been waiting for her that whole time, poor thing, he'd been waiting in the car, whereas I was just walking home. But it was at that point that I remembered my dream and the point of it. And oh, I'm getting shivers right now. But I realized that I was healing her to reassure her that she was going to be a good mum. At the time, I didn't know if I helped her or if it was a dream, but now like, oh, and it's happening right now. Now, whenever I think about it, I get shivers. I can't say I think I helped her and I can't say I know I helped her. I think it's somewhere in between, but I do know she'll be an incredible mother that she'll surprise herself and that baby is going to be so freaking loved and lucky to have her and her husband as their parents that was um the first healing experience really it's funny like all the new things that kind of happened to me with the psychic stuff and how it develops ends up coming to me through dreams hey like my spirit guides coming through and then this happening in my dream it definitely felt connected though the fact that I'm talking about it like two years later and I get shivers all the way through like just further confirms that for me and like it sucks because this was this was in June right I had my concussion in August so only two months later and I've thought about her this whole time just like wondering how she's going like if maybe she was able to get pregnant but it's not one of those things that like we didn't have the time 
to kind of expand or grow that friendship in a way because I ended up leaving work in a rush because of the concussion. So, yeah, um, it's also not something that you're just like, go on Facebook and be like, hey, how's it going with your fertility? Like, it's just never, never something that you'd want to approach because you never know anyone's situation, which is, again, why I feel so strongly about why people shouldn't comment on whether other people might be pregnant. But I need to stop myself there because if I enter into that kind of thought process, I will not be able to stop. Like, can you not tell how my voice changes? Like, I'm so passionate about this. Um, so I need to stop. Uh, but what was I going to do? I was going to talk about the next experience that has stuck in mind for me with all this stuff. Hey, so just keep in mind that this was like the first happening. And then kind of like, as I talked about in the last episode, I ended up, I think maybe through my nephews, like if they were sick, I'd kind of hold them at my chest and see color and kind of feel it washing through me and through them at the same time or replenishing their energy with my own maybe. And then when our friends just started having babies and things like that, we'd go and meet them and I'd look at the baby and I'd just be like, okay, they need their feet held. Like, I don't know how I knew that. Like, maybe that's what clear cognizance is. I don't know. But like, this baby needs their feet held. They need a hat on their head to feel like they're grounded in this earth. They feel stuck between two worlds right now. They're a bit confused and lost between realities maybe I don't know but like they need their feet held and they need their head held in this sort of way so it's not like I know like oh this baby had this happen in a previous life and it needs to be fixed it's like more helping ground them in earth and how traumatic being born can be because I imagine it's a pretty traumatic experience for a baby to be taken from like the warmth and comfort and security of a womb and just taken out to extremely new elements and not having any way to communicate how you're feeling not even being able to comfort yourself like your whole existence is completely dependent on another person um so yeah it's more that sort of thing that I feel drawn to or that comes to me more I guess that's a better way of saying it that's what comes to me um so that started happening and then yeah just friends babies that were having trouble sleeping I'd just say like hey I can give it a shot if you want me to try tune into them as I go to sleep do it with my nephews I'll do it with your kids if you want and then comes a point where um a friend of ours gave birth and the birth itself was traumatic for everybody involved and it was a first child between these two and their baby ended up in NICU which is newborn intensive care unit in New Zealand and it was during the time of COVID so it was amazing that both parents were able to go and see the baby but I feel like at the time it was only like one parent could be in with them at a time and it took a few days um, before we ended up talking to them but we just wanted to see how they were and I said to them like 
I asked for their permission to see if I could kind of tune into their baby that night and see if there was anything that would come to me that could help them and help them get stronger, help them grow, help them get out of NICU. And I don't think I knew anything that was actually wrong or anything that was impairing the baby at that time. Like all I knew was that they were in NICU. And luckily, like one of the parents is, I'd say like quite open to spiritual stuff. So I I knew it would be well received. And I knew they'd tell me if they didn't want me to go ahead. I knew that they'd tell me if they weren't comfortable. Anyway, I ended up tuning into the baby that night. And I sent them a video the next day of what came through for me. And I'm just going to play that for you now. Hello. Oh, so excited. Sorry. Isn't little Ryan such a cutie? I can't handle it. Oh, my gosh. So, all right, I should probably explain what I'm doing. So I'm sending you a video instead of a text message just because I feel like I'd have too much trouble trying to explain it over text. So I just wanted to... um try my best to kind of explain what I visualize what I've been visualizing the last two nights to help with little Ryan so the only way I can think to describe it is like when he's doing chest to chest with either one of you um If you kind of imagine, like, Moses parting the Red Sea (laughs) and, like, the waves going up on either side. So I'm kind of envisioning Ryan's little body and where his lungs are, kind of, like, blue light washing up as if, like, big waves going up and then coming back around and then washing up and, like, just keeping doing that to break down whatever's in his lungs and try and, like, flush it out of his body. So I just imagine that being, like, a cycle of blue light. Um, I hope that makes sense, but I think... I, I personally think, like, it doesn't matter who's doing it. I feel like if you guys do it, it will be probably better than me just doing it in my bed because you guys have such a sacred connection, but... Well, say hello. Hello. Anyway, I hope that makes sense. So just like blue light washing down from behind his lungs and coming up out and down and behind and just like keeping that going. I do it for like 10 to 20 minutes, I think. But that's like when I tune in to him that's what I get shown he needs. So I hope that helps. If that's confusing, just let me know. And I'll try my best to do to describe it better tomorrow after some sleep. And I hope you guys get some sleep tonight. But how amazing was today? So many wins. You guys are doing so, so great. We're very, very, very proud of you. See you soon. Okay, I think they'd gotten some good news about him that morning. Um, So I'm just going to find 
their response. Okay, so here it is. Oh my god, that was amazing on so many levels. One, hubby and I talked about Moses' story a few days ago. Two, baby has a bit of jaundice and the treatment for that is literal blue lights. Three, your focus on his lungs is exactly what we've been doing when we have skin-to-skin contact with him. We try and get him to match our calm breaths. And weirdly, we went for a walk to warm up a wheat bag for me and wanted to watch your video away from the shared room they've put us in. And it stopped exactly at the same time as the microwave. (laughs) And then they said that I have superpowers, which is just too nice of them. But um, yeah, uh, baby ended up doing really, really well and came out of NICU a little bit early. But that doesn't take away any of the trauma and um, fear from that time because, I mean, I can't imagine how hard it would be to feel so helpless when, like, the thing you love most in this world is suffering, you know. So that's just a little insight as to how that stuff kind of comes through and I've been doing that all with nothing like no intervention from any spirits or anything but slowly those things are being woven in so I know that when I linked into someone close to the family I was healing them for some reason or another or trying to and a loved one of theirs who had passed ended up teaming up with me and working on one area of the body while I worked on the other that was probably earlier this year that that happened, maybe in February. And then, yeah, sort of just been on my own since until I got that little message to try and tune into Melchizedek. And seems like he'll be the one to call into if I ever want more guidance throughout that kind of stuff. Like, I definitely feel like it's working, but maybe it can be done better. And it's hard because, like, I I want to try it, but then I don't want anyone close to me um, or anyone I love to be in a position where they might need some kind of extra help on top of or medicine and things like that. So, yeah, bit of a tricky spot to be in. But, hey, it's taken us to the end of the episode. I feel a bit sad. I'm really going to miss you. I'm going to miss you guys. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, like I say, this is the last episode and then in two weeks I'm like, hey, it's over, I'm back. Um, But I'm really going to try this YouTube thing, going to give it a go just in terms of channeling and stuff. I don't know how often I'm going to do it, but I'll put it up on my Instagram when I do it so that you know. And yeah, I mean, with that Patreon stuff and the PayPal stuff, if you have any recommendations as to what I could do to like gain support for the podcast doesn't even have to be financial like any kind of support for the podcast which is apart from you guys just like sharing it with people you love please let me know like and extra brownie points for anyone that comes up with something that isn't embarrassing for me to talk about or doesn't want to make me like scratch my own eyes out that would be great <laughs> you can be number two fan of the pod after my sister Soph she's she's clinging on to that number one spot 
But yeah, I'll have a question box open tomorrow where you can put those recommendations too, or you can just DM me. Have a really good holiday. Take some time just to relax. It's so hard to know how to do. But if you're wanting to like connect to this kind of stuff more, the messages that I get from anyone guiding me, like spirits or guides or otherwise, is always do something to relax and do something that you enjoy. And like, I like to think that that stuff is good no matter if it makes your psychic stuff stronger for you or not. Like it's like you're never going to regret doing something that's relaxing or that makes you happy. So, I don't know when I'm going to be back yet, but I'll keep you informed. I've got separation anxiety already. Have a really good sleep. And instead of saying I'll see you in two weeks, I'll just say bye bye for now.